the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hello and welcome to ILTV Zion News on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up in today's newscast, a new era of Israeli-Indian relations begins. Palestinian Authority President Abbas rejects United States-led peace initiatives. And a new Israeli device that can protect your infants is unveiled. I'm Aaron Porras here with the latest news in Israel. Prime Minister Netanyahu landed in India for a historic diplomatic mission only yesterday, but already he's building tons of new bridges with Indian leaders, businesses, and more. Beginning what the Prime Minister promises will be a new era of friendship between the two countries. This is a dawn of a new era in the great friendship between India and Israel. It began with Prime Minister Modi's historic visit to Israel, which created tremendous enthusiasm. It continues with my visit here, which I must say is deeply moving for my wife and me and for the entire people of Israel. And I think it heralds a flourishing of our partnership to bring prosperity uh, and peace and progress for both our peoples. Accompanied by the largest ever delegation of Israeli leaders in business, agriculture, security and high tech, this mission is already a massive success. Cooperation on everything from science to film promises a win-win situation for both parties, despite the fact that certain political obstacles still remain. For example, though he was there to warmly embrace Netanyahu upon arrival, Indian Prime Minister Modi actually decided to vote against Israel at the United Nations just last month, joining the vast majority of countries that condemned United States President Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Though Netanyahu says he's disappointed by India's vote, the successor of the trip, the success of the trip so far proves that progress isn't always a straight line. Then, despite being away from home, the prime minister's thoughts inevitably turned back to Israel to command to commend the army for demolishing a third terror tunnel in as many months. <laughs> The Army's Southern Command is conducting a survey of the demolition site as we speak, and new Israeli military tech is rumored to be detecting and demolishing these tunnels at record speed. India actually canceled a massive half-billion-dollar military deal with Israel just before Netanyahu's flight. But with results like these, who knows? Netanyahu may just convince Indian leaders to change their minds. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas made a long speech from Ramallah yesterday, outlining in part that the Palestinians will reject all United States mediation in future peace negotiations. Abbas then went on to reject the proposed idea of a Palestinian state with Abu Dis as its capital. Abu Dis is a large Palestinian town just outside of Jerusalem. Al-Quds University is also located there. It was not confirmed from whom the peace deal came from, but speculation and related comments infer that the deal comes from the United States. Now, aside from the fact that Abbas says he finds the idea offensive, he also made it clear that he will not be taking any deal from the United States anyway, after Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. وقلنا له صفقة العصر 
هي صفعه العصر لكن سنردها Abbas is now scheduled to look elsewhere for a backer in brokering a two-state solution, with several nations already trying to take the lead. Israel has consistently denied multilateral initiatives in the past, however, seeking direct negotiations instead. With the Palestinian authorities distancing itself more and more from the United States and even threatening to drop obligations under the Oslo Accords with Israel, a lot of questions about the future of peace in the region are left behind. Here to help clear some of them up is Executive Director of the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies, Dr. Martin Sherman. Thank you very much for coming back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. All right. So uh, can the Palestinian Authority afford to reject the United States as a mediator? Well, it depends what you think their real objective is. Actually, I quite welcome about the speech, because I think it uh, serves a useful purpose by exposing the recalcitrant realities which people have been trying to ignore and uh, exposing the political truth rather than the political correctness. Uh, I've always thought that uh, Abbas was a distraction and a, uh, uh, a, a, a construct of deceit. In fact, I wrote an article in 2003 warning that Abbas would never uh, deliver the goods. Sure. Um, and, uh, in, in fact, what he said in the speech is not the most reprehensible things that he said in the past. Recently, he accused the Jews of having filthy feet so th- and uh, being yeah, forbidden to defile. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he, was, he's, he has a PhD in Holocaust denial. Uh, his PhD in, in, in Russia was well, not really Holocaust denial, but claiming that the Holocaust okay. was greatly over-exaggerated but so, okay, and let's... the Jews were actually responsible for it. But so, that, okay, if, if the Palestinian Authority, you say they, you welcome the decision, but regardless of how people feel about it, what are some of the consequences of him not dealing with the United States, of, of pushing the United States out of this deal? Well, I, I hope this will expose the, the sham of what's called the peace process, which has been going on for now for a quarter of a century and has produced nothing but death and destruction and tragedy and trauma on both sides. And I think that uh, the, 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 the whole principle of two-statism should be set aside, and I hope this will give an opportunity to start that process. Of course, it's not going to be easy because for over a quarter of a century, much of the world has mortgaged their prestige and their, their uh, uh, good name to promoting the two-state solution. But I think what uh, uh, Abbas's speech has shown right. is that it's just not, not, not really on the table. It's not right. feasible. All right. Well, uh, I really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing that with us. Thank you very much, Dr. Martin Sherman. Thank you. Yes, yes. A Hamas official in Lebanon has just been wounded in an attempted car bombing. The terror group has immediately blamed Israel for the attempt on his life, though Israeli leadership has responded by saying, quote, if we'd been involved, this wouldn't have been ended with him lightly wounded, end quote. Mohammed Hamdan was getting into his BMW car in southern Lebanon when a small explosive device under the vehicle exploded. Word is that his leg was amputated in order to save his life. Until now, Hamdan has not been a public figure in Hamas's operations, though he is reportedly involved in the group's activities concerning Israel. At this time, it's unclear why he was targeted or even who targeted him, though Hamas leadership has, as usual, placed the blame on Israel. Hamdan 
ينقل الكاميرا من الداخل الفلسطيني إلى الخارج لأن هناك انتفاضة في فلسطين ضد إجراءاته وضد قرار الرئيس الأمريكي ترامب فهذا العدو الصهيوني عودنا دائما أن ينقل المعركة إلى ساحات أخرى كما حصل سابقا عندما اغتال الأخ محمود المبعوح في دبي والأخ عز الدين الشيخ خليل في دمشق نحن نؤكد أن معركتنا ستبقى داخل فلسطين المحتلة وضد العدو الصهيوني Israeli Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman has massively downplayed these accusations, though, saying, quote, every day in the Middle East there are dozens of explosions that they try to pin on Israel. So let's not react to this too seriously, end quote. This attack resembles a similar car bombing incident that killed two members of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group back in 2006 near that same area. Israel was blamed for that attack as well, but again, little evidence suggested as such. The lush, vibrant locales of South America are a popular go-to for thousands of Israelis every year, especially young Israelis celebrating their release from the military. So it comes as a bit of a shock that a hotel in Uruguay has just rejected two Israeli guests because the owner says he disagrees with Israeli politics. 22-year-old Amit Bradouche and his partner had checked into a hotel via Booking.com as part of their post-army tour. But when the owner realized that they were Israeli, he immediately booted them from the list and issued an immediate refund, along with a note that said his political view was, quote, very contrary to the policies of your country, end quote. Both Israeli and Jewish officials have slammed this as an anti-Semitic, anti-Israel act of discrimination. Uruguay's Minister of Tourism, meanwhile, is calling this act, quote, totally inadmissible and has demanded an investigation into the matter. The owner of the hotel has since clarified the reasons behind the rejection, claiming that he is, quote, neither a discriminator nor an anti-Semite, end quote, and that his decision has nothing to do with any nation or religion, but rather that post-army youths from Israel tend to be especially difficult in his experience. The owner claims that several years ago, an Israeli guest in his hotel sparked a political debate with him, and when they disagreed, the young man allegedly threatened that he was, quote, trained to kill him in 15 seconds. This, among other reasons, is why the owner has promised to continue his policy of not accepting young Israelis after the army into his hotel. Now, in case you haven't noticed, the DACA program has been back in headlines lately. DACA refers, uh, offered asylum and support to children of immigrants who illegally entered the United States until it was axed by President Donald Trump last year. The fate of thousands of dreamers, as they're called, is now up in the air, including one dreamer who's actually from Israel. ALTV's Berlion Smith has more on this story. Thank you, Aaron. Well, when most people think about immigrants or illegal immigrants in the U.S., especially those protected under DACA, I think they'd be pretty shocked to learn that there's a few Israelis in there. But that's exactly why the program is so beloved and why so many people are fighting to save DACA, even those on the right who believe in Trump's America First policy. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly why so many immigrants brought their children to America in the first right. place. They were hoping for a better life for their families. Mm-hmm. And in the case of these dreamers, nearly a quarter of a million people their kids, including this Israeli dreamer who has a very interesting story. All right, well, so to illustrate what you're telling me, Mm -hmm. first tell me a little bit about this person, this Israeli DACA recipient. I mean, I presume that he came to America when he was very young still. Correct. So his name is Ol Yakobi. Originally, he was born in Israel, and he was brought to the U.S. illegally when he was seven years old. Ol's 22 now, which means he's lived in the country the majority of his life. So obviously, he speaks English. His friends are American. He freelances and pays taxes as an American, despite not having citizenship. And thanks to DACA, he's actually about to finish a computer science degree at UC San Diego. But he almost didn't graduate at all because immigration put him in jail a few days ago when his car took a wrong turn and accidentally crossed into Mexico. I've got the full story in my report. All right. 
22-year-old Or Yacobi, originally born in Israel, was illegally brought to the United States when he was just seven years old, and it's been his home ever since. Like nearly 700,000 other dreamers, Yacobi has managed to stay in the United States thanks to the country's DACA program, which even allowed him to enroll in the University of California, San Diego, despite his technical status as an illegal immigrant. But the program has its rules, one of which forbids dreamers from leaving the country, and that's exactly what happened when Yacobi and a friend turned down the wrong road and found themselves accidentally crossing the border into Mexico. Jacoby's friend was driving at the time, but they both started freaking out when they realized the interstate had no exits, no off-ramps, and nowhere to U-turn. U.S. Border Patrol took one look at Jacoby's papers and immediately tossed him in jail. Despite pressure from lawmakers and the nature of the simple mistake, immigration kept him detained for several days before finally releasing him. Thankfully, just in time for him to finish his computer science degree. But this may only feel like a temporary victory for Yacobi, who, like every other dreamer, is facing possible deportation unless the DACA program can be saved. President Trump axed the program last year, and despite saying he'd be willing to work with Congress on saving it, tweeted just yesterday that, quote, DACA is probably dead. Flying can be stressful. Between flight changes, added and hidden fees, security checks, and who knows what else, a simple trip abroad can become anything but. Well, one Israeli company is working to change all of that, and joining me now to tell us more about their new innovation is Ori Ben-Autzi, the deputy CEO of Amadeus Israel. Thank you so much for coming in. Good afternoon. All right, so my first question is, what, you know, what does Amadeus Israel do, and what is your new product? Amadeus Israel is a Amadeus Israel is one branch of Amadeus mm. Global, a right. technology company in the travel industry, related to airline, airport, and distribution. So, what's the what's this new product that Amadeus is unveiling? Amadeus is developing all the time products and provide an online solution because there is a huge growth in number of passenger. So, mm. we provide online uh, product for the website in order to make the better travel uh, experience for the end user. All right, so how, how does it work? What exactly does it offer? Yes, so if from na- till now you could book your ticket and mm. maybe have seating, from now you can have much more opportunity uh, via the website. You can even change your ticket, even cancel it. You can handle your baggage, extra baggage, extra weight, special baggage like bicycle or ski or things stuff right. like this and you can handle it 24/7 via the wow. mobile or the computer because I'm a, uh, Amadeus has the right um, software wow. to allow you so okay does that also include pets like taking bringing yes. and bringing my pet wow yeah uh, okay so you know I kind of I want to know does this only work through Amadeus like how, how does one get their flight to work through this, does Amadeus work with all flight carriers? Or? Amadeus uh, works with the 200 popular wow. airlines. Uh, Amadeus is handling uh, airport, and um, we have many websites in Israel. Most of the online sure. websites in Israel are based on Amadeus web services. Wow, so, so, if you book, so how do you make sure, yeah, how do you make sure that Amadeus is available to you, that these services are available to you? If you are working through the Amadeus website, you will have all these uh, a technology and online so, solutions. So book your next flight through Amadeus is what yeah. you're telling me. All right, you heard her. Book your next flight through Amadeus and you get unlimited choices and, and all that. So, uh, Ori Benarzi, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you very much.
right, now New Jersey is now taking a massive stand against the BDS boycott of Israel. The state has just divested all of its funds from Denmark's biggest bank, which currently excludes two Israeli defense companies, claiming that they violate the bank's policy on social responsibility. Despite this obvious boycott, the Donsky Bank claims that they do not, quote, boycott Israel or Israeli companies as such, nor participate in the BDS campaign. Representatives from the bank say that they, in fact, do do business with other Israeli banks and businesses, but sources say the bank has also signed agreements with a number of Iranian banks as well. This in and of itself doesn't necessarily imply illicit activity, but given the Iranians' regime mission to eradicate Israel, it's certainly a red flag. In addition to New Jersey, both New York and Colorado say the Danish bank violates state BDS laws and have also now divested their funds. Anti-BDS legislation has been ramping up all over the United States in recent years, with nearly half the states passing their own anti-BDS laws. These numbers are certainly adding up, too, which means harsh punishments for companies that choose to boycott the state of Israel. We've all seen those heartbreaking stories of parents forgetting their children in the car, leading to countless accidental deaths. Well, those tragedies may soon be a thing of the past, thanks to a cutting-edge new car sensor developed right here in Israel. Check it out. This breakthrough could quite literally be a lifesaver, because it's the first device of its kind that can detect even the tiniest of movements within a car, including a baby's heartbeat. Best of all, the sensor is linked up directly with a smart car's internal systems, which means that if an infant is left in the car alone, the sensor not only realizes it, but also immediately turns on the car's air conditioner and notifies the driver. Infant deaths due to heat stroke is an all-too-familiar story. A child dies from vehicular heat stroke once every 10 days in the United States. Worst of all, most of these deaths are purely accidental and completely avoidable. That's why the Israeli startup Guardian Optical Technologies has made it their mission to make sure tragedies like this never happen again. Though similar sensors do exist, this one is a game-changer because it combines optical motion analysis and 3D depth mapping to detect even the most subtle of movements. It even utilizes face recognition software. In the dawn before fully self-driving cars, this technology offers even more possibilities, since autonomous cars of the future will likely need to know what's going on inside the vehicle as well to maintain safety. That's probably why both Toyota and Tsumitomo Mitsui have pumped over $5 million into this idea, making it the first time either have ever invested in an Israeli company. All right, now set your phone down in front of you, put your hands behind your back, Now try to open Facebook. Write a quick post. Stuck? Well, you've just gotten a taste of the lives of millions of people worldwide who for any number of reasons face this very problem 24-7. Thankfully, Israeli company Six Degrees may have come up with a solution. And here with me in the studio is CEO and co-founder of Six Degrees, Miri Berger. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so Uh, much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Okay, so this is the Crescent. Tell me about this armband and kind of what Six Degrees does with it. So... Um, we've basically seen, uh, viewed a problem of a lot of injured soldiers trying to get back to their former mm-hmm. life. They've lost use of their hand, and now they're trying to communicate with their surroundings, their friends, their, uh, go back to work, go back mm-hmm. to school. So we've developed uh, a crescent armband that translates yeah, that was... your arm motion, any motion you have, whether it's limited or full, uh, into control over your smart device, just as you can see on the so, screen. So, I mean, how... How do you get all the technology in this thing to translate to all of the functions of a, of a smart you know, device? Well, that's really the magic. It's, uh, it's an embedded algorithm, so everything's on the band. You wow. don't need to install any programs. You don't need to do anything fancy. You simply pair through Bluetooth to any operating system. Any operating system, yep. any device. Yep. On an iOS, it'll see you as a finger on a touchpad. On uh, 
uh, wow. Mac, PC, Linux, HuluLens is going to see you as a mouse, and that's it. So, okay, so another question. You know, different people have different disabilities, different things that are challenging them that, you know, they would need this. So how does this sort of read, you know, one person's problems versus another's, and how do those people communicate with the device? Great question. Uh, this this learning algorithm in the band actually adapts to the user. So if he has tremor, it'll filter it out, similar to noise filtration. Wow. It'll come out of the box ready to do a number of functions. And So let's say a click, it's either twisting your arm, lifting your shoulder, or just waiting for your mouse to click by itself after a few seconds. That's incredible. If you do it for a few times, it learns that that's your preference, it keeps going. And that's it. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, one of my final questions here, what does six degrees mean? Why where did you get that So title? we got the name, a lot of people confuse it with uh, six degrees of separation. In Israel, you know, they say it's three or two, <laughs> but we really started from motion. So it's six degrees in space, six degrees of motion, X, Y, Z, or X, Y, Z in motion. Each one is a Very degree, cool. and that's where the name comes from. All right, and then this is available just on 6degrees.com? Or? Yep, uh, so it's uh, 6degrees.tech. .tech, It's okay. our website. Um, feel free to put your email in, and we'll get back to you and tell you where you can get it. 6degrees.tech. Wow, this is amazing. Miri Berger, thank you so much for coming in thank from 6degrees. So from from thank you. All right, now the Israeli government is always looking to the future, and it looks like they're starting to take digital currency, known as cryptocurrencies, very seriously. The finance ministry has just ordered Israeli regulators to evaluate the potential of cryptocurrencies and how Israel might someday completely switch over to fully digitalized money. Digital currencies like Bitcoin have been making a massive splash lately, and the Knesset has even been toying with a digital shekel to replace cash in the country. The government clearly sees this as a way of the future, and the initiative has been spearheaded by opposition leader Isaac Herzog. That's why the committee is requesting a new set of guidelines to monitor, tax, and understand the potential of cryptocurrency in the Israeli market. Just last month, Prime Minister Netanyahu even predicted that banks themselves would soon go obsolete in the wake of digital money. But regulators are anxious about the idea in general because of the legal gray zone that cryptocurrency currently inhabits. Digital money is often used by money launderers, tax evaders, and even terrorists to conceal funds. But if cryptocurrency is truly the future of banking, governments all over the world, including Israel, will be tasked with building a legal framework and upgrading the country's infrastructure to the next level. Once again, you guessed it, Gal Gadot is gracing our headlines for the umpteenth week in a row, and ILTV's Emmanuel Kadosh has the scoop on what the buzz around the Israeli actress is this time. Emmanuel. Thanks, Aaron. Well, we've talked a lot recently about Gal's stand against signing on to the Wonder Woman sequel due to sexual harassment claims against one of the producers, and then we saw her stand in solidarity with hundreds of other famous celebs wearing all black at the Golden Globes, and now one Lebanese fashion designer is getting criticized for even working with the famous Israeli actress, but I'll give you more details in my report. Israeli superstar Gal Gadot has had quite a year. The former beauty queen rocketed to global stardom in this summer's biggest blockbuster, Wonder Woman. Then she hosted SNL, presented a Golden Globe, and took a stand against sexual harassment. Well, it turns out not everyone's rooting for her. Especially fans of Lebanese fashion designer Elise Saab. Saab has been criticized, to say the least, on social media for posting a photo of the Israeli actress wearing one of his designs. He's also posted a photo of Godot in his dress at the National Board of Reviews Award with the caption labeling it flawless. Many Lebanese followers were not too happy about that one. One journalist even wrote, quote, I love and respect Ali Saab, but is he really happy an Israeli actress wore a dress he designed? The photo actually has since been taken down due to all of the negative comments. 
screenings of the hit film Wonder Woman were banned in Lebanon after a fierce campaign against the Israeli actress, all in line with the country's decades-old ban on Israeli products. Lebanon forbids any citizens from traveling to Israel or having any contact with Israelis at all. But hey, when you look this good, sometimes even the enemy has to agree that our Wonder Woman is totally flawless. And now for our Hebrew word of the day. Earlier, we spoke about an incredible new life-saving device that senses, maps, and responds to its surroundings. So today's word is chayshan, meaning a sensor. Coming from the word chush, meaning sense, there are many different types of chayshanim or sensors. When in the hospital, doctors might use a chayshan biologi or biological sensor to monitor your vital signs. A photographer uses a light sensor or a chayshan o to get just the right shot. And security systems often employ chayshanet noah, or motion sensors, to catch any would-be robbers right in their tracks. And to think that these examples are all from today's technology. Who knows what we'll be able to sense next. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the weather forecast. Tonight should be cloudy with a chance of rain and even thunderstorms and a low of 52 or 11 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow you can expect partly cloudy skies and possibly more rain with a high of about 65 or 18 degrees Celsius.